they are they have a rebirth happened in their heart and now they can teach the next generation about Jesus from an experience in their life so anyway god is doing great great things in thailand and uh, thank you for supporting us thank you for being part of our life i've got a little video clip something that you are supporting it you're not just supporting this you're supporting myself and mariana but you have given substantially to this city and also the other works that we are doing around thailand so this little clip is from the most southern point of thailand it is long it has six to seven hundred girls working there the youngest ones are 10 years old up to 24 25 once they get the girls get to that age they are not wanted anymore they are not useful and so they often they'll have a raid on that bar karaoke bar have a raid get rid of all the girls and in two weeks later they have a new lot of girls come in I watched this over the years now that we have been working in that. But God wants to do amazing things in these cities. Your city, Sungai Kolok, and God is doing amazing things. And he just wants hands and feet that will become his extension to these dark places. I remember... Uh, when God started to speak to this city early days, about four years ago, I knew nothing about this city. I didn't know there was a huge population of uh, Lao girls there who have been brought into this city. They were looking for gold and their lives were destroyed in that place. They were looking for a way to earn money to send back to mom and dads. They were promised all kinds of things. And they come to this city and they end up selling their bodies for money. Uh, and and I I didn't know this was going on early days. And I remember I took the team from uh, northern Thailand. We came to that city. We came to connect with the city. We got, came to see what God wants us to be involved with that, uh, in that city. And we were there about three days. And on one of the days, I said, half a day, we're going to do some fun. And I said, we're going to go to a waterfall that I had already been to when I surveyed the city, when I surveyed the land. And I said, let's go to the waterfall. And uh, and. If I go somewhere once, I usually always remember how to go there the second time. And, and so I was really proud showing them off, you know, the road where I was going. But I took the wrong turn. And, and the waterfall was that waterfall I wanted to go that you just saw there. It's a beautiful waterfall. It's, a, it's a nature at its best. And, uh, but I took the wrong turn, and I started driving, and I said, no, 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 we've turned somewhere wrong. I asked somebody, where's the waterfall? And uh, they said, no, just keep going. And we kept going. Then I asked again, where is the waterfall? Because this does not look like the road I had traveled before. They said, no, keep going. There's a waterfall up there. So we drove another uh, half an hour, and we got to the waterfall. And I, I said to the team, I said, this ain't the waterfall that I have been to before. This is a different waterfall. But let's go and have a look at the waterfall. We got to the place. We parked our car. Two guys walk out from there, and they walked to us, and they said, uh, what are you here for? I said, we come out to look at the waterfall. And uh, they said, uh, okay, uh, that will be okay, but we will walk with you to the waterfall. I said, no, 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 you don't have to walk. I, I'm okay. I've, I've been in Thailand now for many years, and I know how to, you know, walk to a waterfall. You don't have to accompany us. And he said, yes, we do. And he pulled up his shirt and had a big gun on the, the side there. And I said, 
Mm, okay, I'm not going to argue with you about this. Please join us. <laughs> and so we started walking up the waterfall. I found out after a very short time that up that narrow walkway to the waterfall, the second waterfall, and then into the forest was the training ground and the training place for the insurgents. The, the man who was accompanying us so I said, see that house there? It used to be a resort area. That is a part of the resort. That is part of the resort. That's part of the resort. In a beautiful, beautiful rainforest, like uh, Daintree Rainforest in the north. Beautiful, he said, in there. All firebombed, all bombed, and uh, unusable because you could not go there. And I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, we, where are we going? Where am I taking my team? Where, are, what's happening? And uh, we keep walking with these guys. And then the second guy pulls out and he shows me his gun too. And I said, I, I, sir, I'm walking. I'm obeying every word you want me to do. They were our bodyguards. And so we walked for the, to the first waterfall, and it was magnificent out of the uh, river, out of the forest, uh, this waterfall comes down, pure, rushing, clean water. But I noticed on the ground, there was like a little beach, you know, and a little pond there where the water fell down. It's perfect for swimming. You guys like swimming? Yeah, I do too. But, but there was something strange about this place. There were Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plastic bags. Under the plastic bag was beautiful sand. It looked like the golden sands of Queensland imported into Thailand, but it wasn't. But it was covered by plastic bags. And I looked at that. This paradise, piece of paradise, has been lost because of all the rubbish. I thought, whoa, there's so much rubbish here. And, and uh, you know, we were, I was asking them, can we go further? And I, uh, talking to the guys, and, uh, and, and all of a sudden, a voice comes down. Clean up this little beach area here beside the swimming hole here. And I said, I can't do that. That will look so bad on them. If I start cleaning, I will offend them because their place that they are looking after is not cleaning up. And, and God, if it's you speaking, didn't you see the guns they had? I saw them, and Lord, didn't you see them? And, and I have this dialogue with God, but you know, when God speaks, you know that God speaks, and, and, uh, and the voice comes again, clean up this place. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to... This, I'm going to do it this way. I hope you're all right with it. And I said it. I'm, uh, the team was all around. And I said, Lord, if it's off you, you know, our team's going to get involved. And uh, normally Thai people would not get involved. And, and so I said, um, guys, should we clean up this place? And immediately one of the team members says, yes, let's clean up. They jumped down and they started taking all the plastic bags. The two men that were with us, they said, don't do that, don't do that. We have people who come and clean up. Because that puts uh, them in bad light. I said, no, 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 no. We just want to clean up. This is such a beautiful part of paradise. And we want to be part of looking after this piece of paradise. So long dialogue with them. And they said, in the, finally, they said, yeah, clean it up, clean it up. And they joined us to clean up the place. And for the next 15, 20 minutes, about 10 of us cleaned up all these bags. There was all about 10, all of us. And so you can imagine, we have big bags, big uh, rubbish tins that were there, empty, filled with plastic bags, all white plastic bags. By the way, Asia loves plastic bags. If you don't believe me, go to Asia, come and see. We, we put everything in plastic bags there. And so we cleaned that up. 
And, and then we started walking to the next waterfall, but further up, closer to where the insurgents are and where the training camp is. And as I walked, I had this dialogue with God. I said, what is going on? Now, he knows, but I didn't. And, and we walk, and, and he said to me that uh, what you just did is just a prophetic act of what I want to do in that city. You saw the video in Sungai Kolok. I want to clean up that city of misconceptions about religion. I want to clean up the, that city of the way the city goes about its daily life. I want to do an incredible work in that city. And it will require the whole team to do, to be involved with that. And you will see that even the government people in the government, the leaders, will join in with you to clean up the city. Therefore, be connected to the government people. Be connected to the local authorities. Honor them and you will see that they will be involved in cleaning up their city, now your city. I called you to this place. As we walked up, this was very, very early days. We hadn't started any work. We walk further and we come to the next absolutely gorgeous waterfall. And if you want to see it, I'll take you there personally. Just uh, book a flight to Thailand and I'll meet you at the airport and we'll go up there. Um, but uh, I have to warn you, it's dangerous. But anyway, so we walk to the next one and it's a beautiful waterfall and, and we're standing on the edge of the waterfall and there was a ledge on the bottom. Uh, and it, the ledge was further down than my height and it was filled with plastic bags. The ledge was so small that only one person could fit on it. And the same voice that had said to me just a moment ago when we were cleaning up that beachhead there, the go and clean that this area, said to me, Eric, I want you to jump down there and clean up that place. Now I had no arguments anymore. I knew God was doing something. And I said to the guys, the guys with the guns, you know, they are team is okay, but the guys with the guns, I said, I'm going to jump up down there and I, and I, I want this place to look really clean. And they said, it's too dangerous. You can't go down there. I said, uh, watch me. No, not quite like that, but something to that effect. And so I got there holding on to, uh, you know, roots and holding on to grass. And, and I jumped down there. And I, once I got down there, I thought, I'm going to get out of here. Anyway, I, I'm there. And I start taking the rubbish bags off that little ledge about two, three meters long, very narrow, and then a deep waterfall underneath there. And I all of a sudden noticed that I can't put the rubbish bags onto the top. And so the team got on their knees and they started helping me taking off the rubbish bags, clean the ledge, and then I needed help to get out of that place. And they helped me. I got up to the top. We cleaned that place. It looked magnificent. I got to the top and I said, God, you spoke to me what the first incident was for. Why, why, do you, why you wanted us to clean that place? You want to clean up the city. But you already told us you're going to clean up the city. What does this mean? And he spoke to this, these words. He said, I am sending you into places that no one else will go to. I want you to go in there. And I will use your life to clean up in the darkest 
most dangerous place of this city. You need to go there with confidence that I am with you. Once you step into that arena, into that place, it is dangerous. It is extremely dangerous. But once you step into that place, I will put people around you who will help you clean up the darkest and most difficult areas of this city. This city is poised to see my glory. This city is poised to see my glory. I'm Will you be a man of walking in obedience? And I said, I will be. I didn't know about Soisawati and another three streets that are similar, but a lot more dangerous or a lot more girls. I didn't know about this. Once I found out that there are streets like this, I understood that the Holy Spirit was talking about me going to the place where no one has gone before. UN was five years in that city trying to rescue these girls, trying to bring a change into the life of that city. Five years. The officials told us later that five years and they couldn't get past the front door. They couldn't make any headway. And God has now spoken to us, I want to clean up this city. I have brought you to this city. And I said, God, open the doors. And he said, the doors are open. Step into where the place where they are. Step in there, for I am with you. I am leading you. And so I started uh, stepping in. And of course, I had it, I wasn't, didn't go all alone in there. So we had people uh, who could walk with us there. I stepped into the place of Soisawati, started going there. All of a sudden, one of the girls who owns 15 girls, we call them Mama-sans. They are called Mama-sans. They own these girls. They have bought these girls. They are bringing wealth to this uh, this young couple that she's married, uh, or is her name. All of a sudden, she connects. She asks, where are you from? Why are you here? She knows I'm not there for the girls. And she knows that well, I'm there for some other reason. And I said, uh, mm, I can't really tell you why I'm here. But anyway, I am here. And I'm here for you to see the change in your life. And we talk, and all of a sudden, a, a friendship uh, uh, develops and we, we, we go out to eat together with her and her husband and, and her children and all of a sudden I notice that there's a family involved. All of a sudden uh, my eyes are open to a whole new world, dangerous world, uh, the world that they live in. All of a sudden she opens up. We find out that her house is not far from where we live in northern Thailand. I find out that her father is an elder in a church in northern Thailand. I found out that she has a heritage, a Christian heritage, but she has left God and walked away from God and is working in this place, but still believes there is some kind of God in heaven. And she told me, I tried to bring the tithes into their only church in this city, which is a very small church, out of all the work that the girls do here. I tried to take the tithes in, but I wasn't blessed. And, and, and then she said that and that's why I threw Christianity out of the window and I started worshiping Buddhism and I'm more blessed now. So darkness attracts darkness. And, and so, you know, the enemy can also bless for his own purposes. The 
enemy can do that. Anyway, so we got to know that. And, and so time went on, and, uh, and Batim got to know her, and all of a sudden, life started to change in that Soy Sawadee. We started to know other people in that street. One day, I'm walking there again, and I go and see, see her, and, and, uh, and, uh, and she, she runs to me and says, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble. And she, she gives me a big hug. Uh, she, she calls me dad and this big hug and says, I'm in trouble. My relationship with my dad has come to a total end. He won't talk to me. I can't talk to him. And we are in desperate trouble. And I said, uh, let's talk about it. So we talk about her relationship. I, I encourage her. I, I, I show her direction how to go. And then she calls all uh, about seven of her girls from inside to come and sit and and then we have a prayer meeting in the middle of soy sawaddi about 10 30 11 o'clock in the evening where all the all the men walk past and all of a sudden the glory of god comes upon that place she's crying her she's absolutely bawling her eyes out because the holy spirit has invaded the darkest place of the city and the girls they look at her and say why are you crying and she says I am so happy. I'm crying. God is touching my heart. In the middle of darkness, there is light. And so we had this little prayer meeting. We have church in the middle of Sungai Kolok, Soi Sawadi. And the other girls, we pray, they start crying. The presence of God had invaded the darkest place in Sungai Kolok. And, and uh, then I, we talk and I say, do this and this and this and call your dad. Tell him you're sorry. Tell him that you've hurt him. Tell him all these things. And then in the next two, three days, she calls dad and their relationship is restored to what it was, a good relationship with each other. That place is on a journey for transformation. That place is on a journey where church is inside there. We talk a lot about rescuing the girls. The men need rescuing too. Not just the girls. The owners of the girls need rescuing. The owners of the girls need just as much rescuing as the girls. If you rescue a girl, you still have the man who will find another girl. But if you rescue the men and the women, you won't have the now I'm looking for the word. Maybe I'll go back here. I'm looking for that word. You won't have uh, the industry there anymore. You won't have the darkness anymore. The men need rescuing. And, and so we are believing for great things. And as we were walking, Pastor James, last night in the city, I'm thinking of this. I'm looking at what you're doing. It is similar. It's just in a different context. They were all there looking for girls. There were some girls, there were some guys from, uh, from somewhere, and they were trying to buy the girls. Now, it, it might work in Asia, but it ain't going to work in Australia. And anyway, I'm watching all of this, uh, different dynamics, different place, but people looking for a purpose in life. People looking for something in their lives. Our streets are filled with them, and we know the answer. God is calling his church to rise up and to be where the action is, to be where the people are. He's calling you to be part of that, for me to be part of that. And it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to go out at 
10.30. I had a little nap and I was in a haze for about half an hour before we got there because my mind was still sleeping. My body was half awake. And, and uh, so it's not comfortable. But you can I tell you something? The moment you step out of that comfort zone, the moment you come undone, he will come into that place. That's where the miracles have. I believe you're going to see more miracles, as I said there, on those streets there, as I believe in Sungai Lokolok, on the streets than any building in Gladstone or anywhere. God wants to reveal his glory in our streets. And he requires a person, a man or a woman who will pray into this and then people who will go. I understand not all of you can go, but some of us can go. And we go to those places and we go with your prayer. We go with your prayer support, with your financial support, with whatever you can give and speak prophetically. Our cities are about to see salvation of Christ. His glory will be revealed. Last night, his glory was revealed. It was miraculous. I, I was so excited. I couldn't sleep for a little while when I came back. I tried to sleep, but I was so excited. Or oh, the looks on the people's face and the hunger that some of them showed for somebody to touch their heart by not being religious, by not being churchy, just connecting where they are at. Thank you, Gladstone Church, for being part of this. Thank you for doing this. You're doing an amazing work in this city. And your generosity has reached over the borders into many nations of Southeast Asia. Thank you for that. And we are part of that, what God is doing over there. And because of your generosity, your world has grown larger and larger and larger and larger. Yeah, come on. Let's give a cut. And as you give to what's God, close to God's heart, He will give you more to give to what's close to His heart. He is so, so committed to see Gladstone change that He sent His Son Jesus from heaven to die for Gladstone. That's commitment. None of us have died for Gladstone yet, but he was so committed. Our heavenly father sent his only begotten son so that Gladstone will be saved. He had no lesser plan, no smaller plan. His plan was also that all men will be saved. He never said that only those who go to church on Sunday will be saved. All people in Gladstone will be saved, and we are part of that all. It's always all. God is all-inclusive. He wants that all men will be saved and come to know the glory of Jesus and the salvation that is found in the one and only name, Jesus Christ. So it is with these things I want to greet you there today about what God is doing here, what God is doing in Thailand, and I feel that we're so close because it's similar. It's uh, doing similar things. So thank you for last night. Uh, I, I'm a little bit deprived from sleep, but that's okay. I'll come over it, and uh, I'll try to share something now that's on my heart, and uh, we'll go from there. So, yeah. And I haven't required your translation yet, but you're all ready? Valmina koko aika, vai mitä? Aina valmina. Aina valmina. Always ready. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's turn our Bibles. 
or you turn the pages. You don't turn the Bible because if you turn around, you won't find the pages. You turn in your Bibles. You turn the pages into Mark 5, 21 to 43. Mark 5, 21 to 43. I won't read the whole chapter or the whole portion of Scripture, but I'll, I'll talk about it. Uh, I'll pull something, things out of it, because I believe it's relevant to what God is doing in this church, what God is doing in His church in Thailand, and it's relevant where God wants us to go, and how He is equipping His church for this generation. We need to see a generation come to Christ. We need to see it, and we are part of that. And in this uh, uh, portion of Scripture, you will see there are two generations, first of all, uh, uh, represented. The generation of the woman with the issue of blood. And I'm pretty sure every one of you know the story about the woman of the issue of blood. Twelve years she had had an issue of blood. And so she was not 12 years old. She was a lot more than that. And, uh, and uh, so uh, 12 years she's lived in isolation. Twelve years she's lived a life that has been very, very difficult. Twelve years she had expected a miracle in her life. Twelve years she's looked for an answer. And you know, when we were worshiping this morning here, God spoke to me and said, there are at least one person, but maybe more people in this building today. And you have looked for an answer in your life for years, and you have found not an answer. It's probably not related to this sickness, but it is something else in your life. It could be an emotional thing. It could be a mind thing. It could be a physical thing. It could be a, something that has happened in your life. And for 12 years or whatever years, it has plagued your life. And today, when we were worshiping, God spoke to me so clearly as I hear my own voice now that tell that person or persons that today is their day for healing and to be set free from the past to walk on into the future. So expect a miracle today. Don't box your miracle to look something that you would like it to look like. Say, God, here am I. Start the miracle today. I am walking out of those doors into a miracle day. I'm not living in the past anymore. I'm living the future right now. Today, the next step, I'm stepping into the future. The next step, I'm stepping into the future. I am not living in the past anymore. I'm living what God God has for me. So often we box God into saying, well, when Pastor James prays, then I will be healed. Now that can happen, but don't box the way he wants to heal you and what he wants to do in your life because he's almighty God. He's got all the, all the resources in the world to bring healing into you. So let us, let us never box him in to the way we think our healing should come because I believe we miss healings because we have told him how he needs to heal us. He is a healer and he never changes and never will change. Allow him to be a healer and declare through praise and worship, he is my healer today. And walk into that healing because the healing power of God is in you. If you know Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. Therefore, the healing power is in you and walk in that healing power and the rivers of healing will start flowing in your being and produce a life worthy of living for him. And so here we have two generations, the generation of the woman who had an issue of, the, uh, of blood. But there is another 
story. There's not two stories here. There's one story. They happen on top of each other. There's another story here. And uh, in verse 21, it says, Jesus crossed the lake again. Jesus liked to go across the lake. They sometimes call it the sea, sometimes the lake. I have no idea why they call it a sea and why they call it a lake. But it's the same piece of water. And here Jesus crossed the lake again. And on the other side, a large crowd was gathering. Imagine this. He's coming across the sea or the lake. And a large crowd is gathering. Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders, came forward. So here is the picture. Jairus, who's one of the leaders, is waiting for Jesus and came forward. He's a leader. He knows the answers. But now he says, I don't have an answer for what I'm facing right now. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him, my daughter is about to die. Please come and place your hands on her so that she can be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A swarm of people or a crowd of people uh, were following Jesus, crowding on him. So, so picture this. He starts walking with the leader of the synagogue, walking to that. Then comes the woman with the issue of blood. And he says, if only I can touch the hem of his garment. If only, if only, only. And if you look at one of the texts, it says, she keeps on repeating this word, if only I can touch, then something will happen. And she went and touched the hem of Jesus' garment from verse 25 uh, onwards. And, uh, and she was instantly healed. And, and uh, so, so then uh, we jump that story to verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman who had now been healed from the issue of blood, and they walking on, a messenger came from the synagogue's leaders house saying, to Jairus, 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 your daughter has died. Don't bother Jesus anymore. Too late, too little, too late, too no good anymore. It's gone. The opportunity is gone. You lost your opportunity. The child is dead. The young person is dead. But Jesus overheard the gossip, the bad report. He overheard and said to the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. He, he had to, there at that moment, Jairus, the, the leader of the synagogue, had to decide whether he will go with the fact that the daughter is dead or go with the trusting. Maybe you have faced that time in your life or maybe you're facing right now where you have to decide whether you trust Jesus or trust the report. Maybe you have had bad news during the week. Which one do you trust? Which one do you trust? Do you trust the report or do you trust that you're walking with Jesus. Because today Jesus is right here and he's saying, don't listen to that report. Just trust me. Walk with me. Let's journey on life together. Let's walk into something that you have never walked into. And at that moment, the leader of the synagogue stepped out of his comfort zone because he did not go with the crowd. Because if we read on, don't be afraid. Just keep trusting. He didn't allow anyone to follow him except Peter, James, John, James' brother. That's Jesus. They came to the synagogue's leader's house, and he saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. You know, uh, in those days when there was a funeral, they would cry and wail loudly. Can you wail loudly? Can you do it? Can you do it? 
Can you, have you ever cried loudly when you don't get your way? Oh, come on. I have. I still do. When my wife doesn't obey me, I cry. I, ah, I want it this way. No, I don't. No, I don't. But there was a commotion going on. There was a funeral happening. And if you're in Asia, the moment somebody passes away, people start gathering. It's not the next day we're going to have a funeral service in one week at from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And then there will be some finger food up. No, 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 you don't do it that way. When in Asia somebody passes away, immediately the crowds gather in. And this was now the people had gathered in. They were there. And Jesus was leaving a crowd or a people to walk a different direction. Is Jesus leading you today to walk a different direction? They were crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, what's all this commotion? Guys, what's going on? What's this crying about? The child isn't dead. I mean, here is a crowd who knows that the child is dead. They've gone to listen to the heartbeat. There's no heartbeat. They looked at the pulse. There's no pulse. There's no breathing. They know that she is dead. That's why they have gathered there. There was all hope was lost. The child is dead. And Jesus said, hey, she isn't dead. She's only sleeping. The miracle is waiting for its time. The miracle is waiting for that journey of faith. The miracle in your life is waiting for you to walk to that step where you have never walked before. But you do not walk alone. You need to walk with Jesus because you don't know where the next step will be or what it will look like. So if you are looking for a miracle in your life, if you are looking for a miracle in your situation in your life, make sure you walk with Jesus because if you walk with him, there is definitely a miracle at the end of the road. It might not look like you want it to look, but there is a miracle. What you will hear him talk to you, the way he will lead you will most likely be outside the box of normality. Here is Jairus outside the box of normality. He's the leader of the synagogue. He had to walk out of the box of normality. Your child is only sleeping. Well, that's hogwash. We all know that she's dead. And Jesus speaks words of life, words of affirmation, words of hope. They all laughed at him, verse 40, but he threw them all out. Pastor James, I would have loved to see there when Jesus throws the people out. Don't ever do that in church. <laughs> he threw them all out because he didn't want to hear the voices of unbelief. He didn't want the Jairus, the father of the daughter, to hear the voices. Oh, there's no hope anymore. She's gone. Hear them all wailing. Hear them all weeping. Hear the commotion. He said, out from this place of miracle. Maybe in your life you have walked in a place where you have been crying. Maybe you're part of that crowd. There's no hope anymore. It's all gone. But Jesus is alive. He goes against the trend. He goes against all normality. He goes against all tradition. He goes all against all religiousness. He is God. And he's taking you somewhere where you have never been. It's the 
room of miracles. Here they go. And they said he threw them all out. Then talking to the child's parents, he takes his disciples and the parents and they go to the room where the child was. They enter to the place where the miracle needs to happen. They walk into that place, that the place of impossibility, that place where there is no hope, that place where death is, that place where it seemingly is, it is the end of the road. He walks straight into that place and he wants to walk with you into that place in your life where you need a into that place where you need God's answer for your life, where you need, but you have to walk with him because the room he's taking you to will require you to walk with him. He's not going to walk with you. You need to walk with him. He will take you there. He's an almighty God. He's able to take you to a place that you have never even dreamt of. And here is Jairus' father, a leader, a leader. Imagine what the, what the gossips were saying. Look at Jairus. He's the synagogue leader. Look at him going into that room. He should be here. He should be with the people who are at the funeral. He's left them here. How can he do this to us? How can he walk with Jesus into that place? And then he's part of this group. And they say, she's only asleep. I can hear their voices, people. People talk. Correct? Or in Gladstone, people don't talk. Do you have any, no one gossips in Gladstone, do they? No, I know. Here, here, Jesus say, let's gossip about what I'm going to do. He wants to gossip into your heart that your situation is only asleep. It will come alive. It's not dead. Your situation is not the end of the road. It's the beginning of life. Your situation is somewhere where I want to take you, he says to you today. So they walk into that room where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha komu, which means, young woman, get up. Young woman, get up. Today he's saying to you, young man, young woman, older young man, older woman, if you walk with me to that place where I want to take you to, in that room, in that place of your heart, in that place that doesn't look religion, in that place that is outside of what you can control, in that place I will speak my word and you will see your situation change. In that place where you do, where you come undone. Imagine Jairus, if you were Jairus, you were the synagogue leader, very holy man with holy garments and, and everyone looking at you, going into that place, totally outside. He's undone now. He's not in control anymore. He can't say what needs to be done more. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. He has to rely on one man, Jesus. And, and, and what he's doing is crazy outside the box. But he went there. Trusting. And Jesus says, only trust. Only trust. And in that room of miracles, 
Suddenly the young woman, verse 41, suddenly the young woman got up and began to walk around. Oh, imagine that if you were in that room, you were the father of this daughter. Suddenly that which was dead, that which was pronounced dead, it cannot live. It cannot come alive anymore. comes alive. And you're in that room and you see it come alive. What excitement that would have been as a father. Wow, I would be dancing. I would be jumping. I wouldn't care what others say. I wouldn't care what the crowd outside again because soon I'm going to show the miracle of Jesus to everyone to see that Jesus is alive and he's above all things. And here Jairus is, is in that room. Suddenly the young woman got up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. Your age. 12. You're 13. 13 and 14. You're close. And, and they got up. They were shocked. The people were shocked. And then Jesus said, feed her. Look after her. Look after the miracle. Can I suggest to you this morning, God has a miracle for you. But you need to step out of your box, my box, what we call normality, and walk with him. Walk with him. And that's where the miracle is, whether it's a personal miracle, whether it's a miracle within a family, whether it's a miracle in a city, whether it's a miracle on your street, it does not matter. But when you're not in control, he will be in control. Will you allow him to be in control? Will you allow him to guide you? Will you allow him to take you by the hand to a place that you have never been, to a place where you come undone, you can't do anything except trust. Will you trust him today? Will you say, you are God? Have you had a report in the last month that wasn't good for you? Which report do you trust? If you listen to the crowd, the crowd will say, oh, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. You know, it's true. If it's cancer or something, yeah, you know, three months to live, six months to live, 12 months to live. Jesus will have a word to you back. Will you walk with the crowd? Where do you stand today? Are you in the big crowd? You say, oh, no, they, it's all over. Is that where you are today? I, answer, I ask this every time I go to Thailand. Every time that I walk the streets of Thailand, I will be there on Wednesday night or Thursday early morning hours. And when I go to that land, I say, where am I? Am I in the crowd that says it's too hard for Thailand? The most Buddhist nation in the world, 95% Buddhist. It's too hard. Am I in the crowd who said that it cannot be done? Or am I in the crowd that walks with Jesus into that place that can turn a funeral into a, a celebration. The funeral was changed into a celebration. The people were shocked by what had happened. And they went home changed because Jesus had entered the situation. Where are you today? Are you walking with Jesus into that upper room? It requires all your trust. Into that place where it's you and Jesus. And full trust in him for your miracle, for the miracle of this city, for a miracle in your family, 
where are you at today? Are you walking with him? Or are you part of the crowd? While every eye is closed. Could I have the musicians, please? I'm going to ask the most important question I could ask on planet Earth. Do you know Jesus? There is no more important question anybody could ask you. Do you know him? And if you don't know him, would you like to know him? Would you like to start walking with him? In Thailand, I'd say, I don't want you to become a Christian. I do not want you to change your religion. I want you to become a follower of Jesus. I want you to follow Jesus. It's not religious. It's not about tradition. It's about who Jesus is. Today I'm asking, do you know Jesus? Are you following him? He wants your life. He has given everything for you to find life. As you follow Jesus, your life will never be the same. He will give you a new life. He will forgive you all of your sins. Your life will be transformed forever. You'll never be the same again. All the wrongs will be written away, never to be met again. Uh, but you say, I've done all these things. And he said, that's okay. I'll help you to overcome. Maybe today you have once known him, but today you are not walking close to him. Maybe your heart is pumping hard today. You can feel your heart beating. There's something inside of you saying, I'm walking away, not towards him. I have weird away from being close to Jesus. And if you're here today, he's saying, that's okay. I'm waiting for you. All you have to do is take one step. I've taken all the steps I can towards you, but I can't force myself. If you just say, I want to walk with you, Jesus, he will walk with you. No one is looking around. If today you need Jesus in your life, I'd like to pray for you. If you need, you need him to become the one that you follow, that will give you a new life, forgive you of all your sins, all your wrongs that you have done, he's here to journey with you. All I'm going to ask you to do is, just put up your hand and I'll pray for you. Is there anyone in here? I'm going to count to three. Is there anyone here that you need or you want to follow Jesus? You're not walking towards him. You're walking away from him. You're not following him. Or you have never followed him. You've never known him. I'm going to count to three and you can put up your hand. And I'm just going to pray for you. And a miracle will take place in your heart. That little decision will change your life forever. That little decision, I'm going to follow Jesus. You won't become weird. You won't become strange. You will come alive. You will know a life you have never known before. And all it is, is a little say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I'm going to count to three. And I just want to slip up, uh, you to slip up your hand. And I'll pray for you. One, two, three. Is there anybody? Thank you, sir. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Slip up your hand. 
Anybody else you want to be included in this prayer? You're walking away, not towards him. Thank you. Anybody else? You're not with him. You're walking away. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Say, I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to walk with him into that place of my miracle. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to ask those who have lost sight of where they are going with Jesus, to that place of a miracle. Maybe that person who I talked about before, something has happened in your life. You've carried this weight for many years. But today, you can walk into that room of miracles. But don't box in the miracle. It might not look the way you want it to look. But today, there is a miracle. You start walking on that journey. And he just says, trust me. You're walking into that miracle with me. Is there anybody who says, I've lost the sight of him, and I've gone to the crowd that's, that has started to mourn. It's too late. It's too little. It's not going to happen anymore. And you've lost your confidence in God. You lost your faith in him. But today you can renew that faith. You know, he never casts us out. He will allow us to journey with him. All we have to say, I want to be in that room of miracles. I want to walk into that place. I need that miracle. And he'll walk with you into that miracle room. Is there anybody that I can also include in my prayer? Just lift up your hand now. Is there anybody? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? You need to walk into that miracle room with Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? God is speaking to many. Thank you. Is there anybody else? God is speaking to many. I know that for a fact because I just sense the Spirit of God right now come upon this place. Thank you. I sense the cloud of His glory come upon this place. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you, young man. Thank you, young woman. Older man, older woman. Anybody else? God is speaking to you. Thank you. It's not a shame thing. It's about a decision thing. I have so many. I actually nearly every Every day I say, Jesus, help me to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I put my hand up all the time and say, I want to be close to you. Thank you. Anybody else? I want to thank you. Anybody else? And I want to pray for you. Anybody else? Thank you. I want to walk with you. I walked away, but now I want to walk with you.